This is about something that lights your fire when nothing else will. This is the Mark Devine Show. This show, we're going to discover and dive in and discuss what makes the world's most inspirational, compassionate, and resilient leaders so courageous. Transform the nature and functioning of our own brain for the better. Go put your virtues in action. Be the best version of yourself. Life is a practice. Day by day, and get wiser and stronger and grow. How do you understand enough about your own mind and psychology and emotions and how you develop a reflective awareness practice to actually get in the driver's seat of your own mind? We go in-depth with people from all walks of life, martial arts grandmasters, meditative monks, CEOs, military leaders, stoic philosophers, proud survivors, and more. Every episode turns our guests' grants into actionable insights that you can learn from and lead a life filled with compassion and courage. I started putting all these little tools in my pocket, started to reflect a lot and meditate. There has to be a balance between movement and rest. It all starts with us. We cultivate these qualities in ourselves. We become a beacon of life for others in the world. Please join us on the journey. The Mark Devine Show. Hoo-yah. All right. What do we talk about in this show? Well, we're going to talk a little bit bit about uh, (laughs) recirculating air, air conditioning issues in cars uh, that we need to get into. And then we're going to talk to Dave Majors from uh, from Meekum. Meekum. Yeah. A lot of good cars coming up at Monterey, and we'll keep keep you posted on our progress trying to get the car ready for Monterey. First, there's Geico. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know what's easy? Bundling your policies with Geico. Geico makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to Geico.com, get a quote and see just how much you could save. It's Geico easy. Visit Geico.com today. That's Geico.com. I'm Adam Pearl. It's Matt, the moderator, DeAndrea. Hello. There. How are you? I'm warm. <laughs> well, that's good. <laughs> uh, and, but I was thinking about you and CarCast on the uh, ride in as we um, get ready to uh, gear up and go to Monterey. Um, the uh, I've been I, I scream about this about every 17 months. Uh, where is the air circ system in cars? It's, it's been 102 degrees out here. Yeah. Cars get parked in the sun. I got I'm, – I'm sort of going between two cars. I got uh, my daughter's Mercedes whatever. It's a smaller one with yeah. the black interior. And then I got the loner car that's a black interior as well. Um, you know, I just park it on top of the blacktop out in the parking lot out here. It, the sun beats the shit out of it for the entire day. And, you know, I park it 10, 10.30, 4, 4.30. It's time to get back into the car. First off, I have to get into the car by, like, trying to lean into the car. I don't even want to fully get into it. Yeah. And, you know, put your foot on the brake and start the car and then crank the air and open the windows. And then I leave. I go back in for 15 minutes yeah. because it's 141 degrees right. inside the car. I mean, I don't know, Chris, if we can figure this one out, but when it's 100 degrees outside and a car's parked wide open with no cloud cover, 
like we have out here, when you get into the car, it's not 111 degrees in the car. It's 144 degrees in the car. Yeah. And then, uh, first off, I, who knows what it's doing to the plastic and whatever fumes are coming off the plastic, the leather, yeah. you know, all the materials in the car. Look, people don't realize it's like a heat tolerance thing. Like in, in Europe and here, when when we get a big-time heat wave, like where it gets over 110 degrees or something, railroad tracks will start to buckle, <laughs> planes can't take off, you know, asphalt starts to stretch. It's like yeah. there's a big difference between, you know, 97 degrees and 135 degrees inside that car. Right. And it can't be good for the car. It can't be good for your sinuses. It can't be good for your soul. I have no goddamn idea why everyone in Los Angeles drives a black-on-black car or or Arizona or Texas. Like, the loaner car they gave me is black. I got a black lab. When Phil Phil goes outside, and he lays in the sun sometimes just to, like, sun himself, and I'll touch his fur. It is hot. He's hot. He's hot to the touch. He's hot to the touch. First off, what's everyone with the black cars? They don't look good. They get dirty really easily, and they're hot as fucking balls. But anyway, uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, so I have an answer here. So after an hour, the average in-car temperature is 43 degrees higher than the outdoor temperature. Yeah. You literally nailed it. If you yes. said 100 and something and you said 144, like you're right. just being like sarcastic, but you weren't. It's 144 degrees inside the car. That's after an hour. After yeah. seven hours, yeah. it's it's got to be hotter than yeah, that. After 90 minutes, it gets up to 48. So yeah, just it, it listen. If you up. does it keep going? I mean, does it? What is it after three hours? Uh, that's that's not uh, in the study. <laughs> but but listen, you, you like you said, you're outside and you go to work or or. Even into a shopping center, there's not a lot of parking garages because they got, you know, yeah, just a giant. It's Costco. It's 115 degrees outside. You walk inside Costco for an hour. You come back outside and you're in your car. It's 150 degrees in that goddamn thing. By the way, where are you going to put your food? Like your cheese melt, your ice cream. Right. Like, and <laughs> then you have this weird choice, which is I open the windows and I fire the car up. But as, as people know out here in Los Angeles, there's a fair amount of crime going on <laughs> I've heard, you know i've seen that so what do you do stand next to the car and just watch it out in the sun or do you go back inside and just sort of throw caution to the wind and well yeah, yes i brought leftovers today i yeah. i threw some uh, chicken and some peas and some cherries and stuff in the back seat i want to just leave them there and then take them to malibu but i have to bring them you gotta in bring them inside so Where's the air circ? Where's the recirc? What the fuck? Now, Gary will tell me that he has a Tesla and the Tesla does that. My argument is fine. Where's Bentley on this? Yeah. I mean, you drive a $275,000 Bentley, $325,000 Bentley. Yeah. um, SUV. It's black on black. You're in the Costco next to Chris. In his $26,000 car. The car's the same temp when you get in? I mean, I guess if you have the Bentley, you just send Chris to the Costco for you. (laughs) I I think that would be the solution. But, But, you know, like the EV cars, like Gary's point is 
it can do it. And there's there's like a you know like a pet mode. Like you want to run in the store and leave your dog in the car. It'll run the air conditioning and on the screen, it's like we know the dog is in the car. Whatever the message is, yeah, right? It's, it's it's a nice seventy degrees in here. Don't yeah, worry about yeah. It. Don't worry yeah. about. It. Don't bust my window yeah. and think you got to save the dog. You don't have to put the dog in the car. You could just leave that feature on, I guess. Right? Like unless it uses a camera to see if there's a dog in there. Well, but why don't more cars have that? I I don't know. I've screamed about this for years and years, especially when you get to the top shelf cars. When yeah. you're driving the $100,000 plus cars, why not this simple – and I say simple. It's going to add something to the cost of the car. But I would buy the shit out of that car if somebody right. was saying right. to me, oh, we, we got a recirc air system here. It never gets above 100 degrees in this car. And I, I get it. It's maybe not the feature you want on your McLaren. But you do want it on your Range Rover or your, your Escalade, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I guess the next – step down would be remote start for the cars that have it yes you know you stand out your front porch window or whatever and you're you click you see if the lights go on you have the air already on yes or whatever like i i noticed in in some of the cars i think the ford does this it'll you hit the remote start it it kicks on like the seat coolers and everything like it knows it's hot in the car before it used to be whatever temp you left right 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 right. it knows it's cold it knows it's hot your remote start it kicks on all the air gary what's your what's your car do at 100 degrees it automatically does it at 100 um elon recently tweeted that that's going to become adjustable but obviously the lower you set it to kick on the more battery it's going to eat right and then you mentioned the pet mode uh matt which is correct but there's also a similar button that just says keep where it won't put the screen up about the dog and it will just keep it at whatever temperature you have it at so i do that all the time like if i'm rolling around town near my house and i go into the grocery store on a hot day yeah i'll always hit that keep mode and it's at 68 when i get back in and blowing it's great and if somebody i mean i guess you never really tried it but the doors are locked if somebody tried to open the door it's locked but if if somebody got into it it probably alerts your phone right there's some app or something i would imagine if the alarm went off on your car it would it would alert your phone. I mean, yeah. even my my Ford, you know, my Mustang has the app that it alert me and be like, oh, there's a, you know, this car's been parked in a garage and the tires are deflated. You know, like it'll say, hey, there's an alert. Right. You're, well, yeah. Know. And there's also what's called sentry mode, which most most people have running at all times, which is if someone gets too close to the car or tries to open the door, it triggers the cameras and it records it. So when I get back into the car, it'll say X number of sentry mode things were triggered. You know, click here to watch if you want. So you can sort of see if somebody did come up and try to get into the car, if they did anything. This yeah. Was, uh, it's a got a ring doorbell. It's got a ring camera on the, on the Tesla. Yeah, because there was a lot of break-ins <laughs> in San Francisco, ironically, which is where they're centered. So they came up with this as a way to hope hopefully deter people from breaking in. Well, thanks, Gary. Now, the yeah. question is, is has anybody got onto this? Now, look, I know what you guys are saying. And we'll go, it's an all-electric car, so they got the battery and, you know, blah, 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 blah. I get it. Yeah, he, ben, but, uh, what Bentley's going to have to do is they're going to have to have a second battery in the trunk that runs the recirc pump. And uh, I, don't need an, I don't need to run a compressor. And I will say this. At the shop in the ceiling on uh, on one side where the cars are, I got a little solar-powered fan yeah, up there. Yeah, like and, an exhaust fan. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's 14 inches around. You just drop it in, flash it, 
you know, yeah. roof it, put it up, and it, it it keeps it like five degrees cooler on that side of the shop. Now, that's the one it, that sticks. Sometimes you hit it with a broom. Yeah, it's little. <laughs> it's 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 yeah. little. It's not much. Whatever. But couldn't we have a little solar again? A air conditioning pump is a big draw. Th- that that that's a draw. That is a. You know, it's like when you turn on the microwave or the toaster oven versus, yeah, let's let's just see, you know, a phone charger. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's a it's a draw. So I get the pump part. I will settle for not Gary's utopia of sixty eight degrees when he comes back after the market. I will settle for it's a hundred and one degrees outside and it's a hundred and eight degrees in the car. I just don't want it 155 in the car. Right. Can you get the car, assuming you have, like, let's just say you you tint your windows and then you had some sort of air circulation from the outside. So now it's 101 outside and maybe it's, you know, it's a couple degrees higher. Well, also, to Gary's point, the Tesla has it. What other EVs have it? At some point, will yeah. all EVs have it? Like, is they fucking should? You know, like I, I, you know, uh, the 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 GM Hummer EV. Does that have it? Does the Ford Lightning have it? I haven't actually heard about that feature yet in any of those cars. It's a weird thing. That what does Tesla? Uh, what does uh, uh, Prius do? Does Prius? Have, I know it's hybrid, but does but you get the plug-in Prius? But does Prius have anything like that? No. No, no, I, I'm not seeing really any any other cars other than Tesla. Mercedes is coming out with that feature in a, a future plug-in hybrid. I mean, Tesla has uh, sorry, Mercedes has a plug-in EV that's 150k. Yeah, it should have that fucking feature. Well, you know, I, I'm with you though. Like, why wouldn't Mercedes and Bentley and Rolls Royce already have something? Like, they're going well. You know, people are spending one hundred fifty, two hundred, three hundred thousand dollars for a car. People, why yes. haven't we done this yet? People, I would say the majority of those Bentleys are black on black. People just get that car right. in black. Uh, many of them live in SoCal, Hollywood, Los Angeles. You know, they mm-hmm. live in sunshiny states. There's not so many of those Bentleys going to Milwaukee. You know, <laughs> they're coming to Los Angeles. Yeah. yeah. The Barbara Streisand's got to climb into that fucking Bentley, and it's 156 degrees inside. Yeah, I mean, if 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 it's if it's 42, 43 degrees warmer after you know an hour or 40 after an hour, and then it goes up uh, into 90 minutes, I don't think it stops at 90 minutes. When my car has a solid. Six hours of sitting in that fucking sun. Yeah. So remember the Ferraris, the the leather on the dash would start to curl, start to yeah. peel off the back by well, the windshield, what, and, uh, and you're screwed. What what choice <laughs> would uh, the the cow or the plastic have? You, you know what yeah. I mean? I mean, it's 150 degrees and it's sitting there for hours. Yeah. Like it, I think it was was it Volkswagen where it had it has like this. Black paint. It's almost kind of a rubbery kind of paint. It's got a little bit of a soft touch to it. And years later, it gets sticky, and it's always sticky. Yes. It's like I drove a yes. you know a 15-year-old Volkswagen. It's been parked in the sun. I was like, everything in this car is sticky. <laughs> I, look, I, I get that I'm a complainer. <laughs> 
But Chris, isn't this kind of a no shit thing? This is kind of a legit complaint, yeah. right? It's a hundred. Look, you are asked to get inside of a box yeah. that is 150 degrees. That's fucked up, especially when you paid $322,000 for that box. Yeah. And your box is the exact same temperature is a 1971 Dodge Dart that's parked <laughs> next to it that you got you could get on eBay for $400. Yeah. What the fuck? You'd think, you know, at least the the truck market and the big SUVs, F150s and Silverados and Rams and Escalades should all have something. Right. First well, of all, now, there's enough landscape inside the vehicle your, that you can crack open a window or you're, vent something. You're piling the kids in, you know, the dog. I mean, what do you do? I mean, literally, you got a black Escalade. You bring the kids and the dog or whatever. You go into Costco. You're shopping around for 90 minutes. You just have to stand in the parking lot next to the car. Yeah. And yeah. even then, even with the air blowing and everything, it's like it's like taking a spoon putting it over an open flame, getting it super hot, dunking it in cold water and pulling it out, you're still going to burn your hand. The, the, the spoon <laughs> still hangs on to the heat, you yeah. know, the leather, all the surfaces. I got my goddamn daughter's Mercedes. She has the buttons for the for the volume and other things. They're made of stainless. Oh, yeah. The fucking burn your hand on them. It doesn't yeah. matter. Look, the air's been blowing for 10 minutes. The car's sort of okay. But the the the, the metal? No, no. Yeah. Still fucking piping hot. And the, the leather gets that way. You grab the top of the steering wheel that's in the yes. sun, you're like, oh, you can't do it. You know? All right. I mean, in, in Arizona, you'd have to throw like a shirt or something over the... Over your over your chair and your steering wheel or towel. What year? And then is when it? you get in, it's two thousand twenty-two. Like... <laughs> Can we solve this one? All right. Let me tell you about Factor when summer winds down, and I can't wait for summer to wind down. Fall can get a little chaotic. Factors ready to eat meal delivery system makes it easy to stay on top of your busy schedule while sticking to your goals. Fresh, never frozen meals delivered, ready to eat in two minutes. Eliminate meal planning, prep, and cleanup time as well. Uh, new Protein Plus preference makes it easy for you to power up with delicious, satisfying meals with 30 grams or more of protein. Change your order weekly with plans from 4 to 18 meals per week or pause and reschedule your deliveries anytime. Chef-crafted recipes, restaurant-quality flavor, dietitian-approved vegan, veggie, protein plus, keto, and Calorie smart options as well. It's Factor, right, Matt? Yeah, head to go.factor75.com slash carcast130 and use carcast130. That's all one word, carcast130, to get $130 off across six boxes. That's code carcast130 at go.factor75.com slash carcast130 for $130 off. All right. Now... <clears throat> Got some tire issues with the Porsche. Blah, yeah, I was going to ask, how's the 935 coming together for uh, for Monterey? Well, it's, I think it's it's in okay shape. But I said to Sean uh, the other day, we should talk to Roger Krause over the tire guy and see these tires are pretty old. Check the date stamp on them and see where we're at. And of course, he's like, well, they're safe, but. There's not going to be that much grip 
with them, which is a nice thought to plant in your head <laughs> when you're driving yeah. the car. So and then, not safe. And then you go, all right, well, we better get another set. And they're like, oh, they're back ordered. Yeah. So now it's like, ugh. Then, tires are a pain in the ass right now. We couldn't get tires for the Mustang. There's all kinds of then it, tire yeah, issues. Then it, was, uh, then it was like, well, Goodyear makes a set that's kind of the same. And then they always slip this one in. I, I don't know why. It's like a good year makes a set that's about the same. Of course, the front's a half inch narrower. And I'm always like, ugh. Why couldn't it be an eighth of an inch wider? Yeah, right? It's just yeah. a little narrower. But um, we have to kind of get to that about yeah. now. Uh, yeah. I guess it's time to get the tires if you got to get – like yeah. that's the only option. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Now, do you – you want to just run the whole weekend on the new tires to get a feel for it? Or do you do you want to take the tires out you got now for probably just swap the tires now, right? Yeah. Otherwise, you're going to do it at the track and it's going to be a pain in the ass. Yes. Yeah. So I mean, you can do it at the track. They can do it at the track. But might as well just do it yeah. now. Get yeah, it on probably there. just do it now. Yeah. So we got that uh, going for us. And I like Goodyear in terms of just old school you know, yeah. back in the day versus they didn't run Avons back back then. I don't even know what I'm trying to think like when Avon got popular or when it became something. I don't even uh I don't even know. But um we're gonna talk to Dave Majors, who's the CEO of Meekum. They got a nice uh selection of cars going up this year. I'm I'm curious about something. I don't know if you've checked and Chris can check i guess which is uh there's a, you know a lot of auctions going off in monterey yeah. we, we love walking around and drinking a beer and looking at the cars and trying to prognosticate what they may or may not go for um so you know you check rm's got all their stuff up and gooding's all the stuff up and meekum's got all their stuff up i've checked russo steel like every other day for like three weeks and they just have you know directions you know oh are they Doing a monitor auction? I, I don't. Because I don't, Bottoms will be out there and Broadview, the new auction, is going to be out there. Yeah, at the Jet Hangar. Yeah. Right? And they have some really cool cars uh, up there. And Russo Steel is traditionally downtown and at the hotel. And kind, of, kind of like off side of the hotel. What, yeah. They're, yeah, they're, they're, like right at, they're at the hotel, sort of across the street from yeah. whatever. But. I keep checking, and they're like, "Yeah, Monterey. Here's here's what the schedule is for Monterey." But they don't list any cars, and now we're you know a week out, and yeah. they're not listing cars, which is weird to me. Have you noticed a lot of I don't know pre-war cars happening? I'm seeing a lot of that. Going I'm on seeing right now. I'm seeing that the auction is not taking place this year, but they'll be back next year. Oh, so they just scrubbed it? Yeah. So maybe that maybe what that schedule is just from an old an old uh, sheet they forgot to delete or something. It's funny. There's certain... Shouldn't they? <laughs> I don't know. Like, I... Shouldn't you put that on your website? Maybe it should have been a little more clear. Yeah. Maybe they were trying to make it happen. I couldn't. I guess. Yeah. I, I do not... I do not know, but uh, Meekum's got a lot of cool, cool cars coming across the blocks uh, coming up, and so we'll yeah. talk to I think Dave... I think there's a McLaren F1 coming up as well, you know, and this is a 20 million plus car now. I forgot which auction has it. 
Oh, it's really? Yeah, so I think it was an, another – I think it was a silver F1 that's going to pop up at one of the auctions. Oh, I didn't see that one. Yeah, I saw it like on a tweet. They're like, oh, this is the uh, McLaren F1 with special lights or different lights. What do you think it's going to be worth? The market's $20 million. I'm like, I don't know. Let's go find out. Leno will be rooting for that bad boy. <laughs> Dave is on where, Chris? Zoom. Oh, okay. We don't see – oh, there, oh, there he is. There he is. I believe I'm on. Yes. Yeah. Can you all hear me okay? Yes. Dave great. Majors, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks. Meekum, of course, one of the premier automotive auction sites and really got some grade A top shelf cars going off this year um, at Monterey. Meekum, traditionally, you know, it was sort of uh, RM and Gooding were the real Tiffany ones. Meekum was a, a little, had a little more Joe six pack to him. I don't mean that in a pejorative way, but it was more of a regular guy's auction. Uh, but this year they got some LaFerrari prototypes and some real yeah. high end. I mean, stuff. we've been seeing it for a while. The Ken miles yes. car and, yes. and things like that. Yeah. Getting some really, really cool cars, but um, yeah. Tell us about some of the lineup you got coming up this year at uh, Monterey. Well, you guys are exactly right. We, you know, our roots are are based in American muscle cars, and uh, we'll do I think something fourteen or fifteen auctions this year. Uh, Thirteen of them are heavily laden with with American muscle cars. But when we come to Monterey, uh, like so many others, uh, the lineup is a little more high end and and a little more eclectic. And we go all the way from uh, a great collection of uh, very high end late model McLarens this year. Uh, as you mentioned, we have the Ferrari prototypes. Uh, those are be very interesting. Uh, we haven't uh, had something like that come to market lately. But as usually we, we would have, there are some American muscle cars. Uh, there are some pretty significant uh, pre-war cars with the Duesenbergs, uh, the Marmon 16 collection with four Marmon 16s coming to the auction. And even a couple of famous movie cars, movie and TV cars, including uh, the uh, cars from... Uh, Greece. Yeah, we got Paul Walker's. Uh, Not from Greece. Yeah, Paul Walker's <laughs> 911 uh, RS, Carrera RS 2.7. And those cars are pretty expensive anyway. Yeah. But obviously, with Paul's name on it, it goes up a bit. And then the Greece, the convertible, signed by Olivia Newton John, who just passed the, the other day, um, which obviously is going to add to the value just because that's the way the world works. When the artists die, the, the painting goes up. Um, it seems like there's a, a market for a lot of these. Um, I also think I'm trying to think where maybe it's um, got a Steve McQueen, Husqvarna, like Enduro bike, you know, dirt bike uh, going up. Like there's a definitely a, a movie memorabilia that is yeah. that is kicking in. Where where's the car market in general for you? I mean, it's a lot of crazy financial stuff going on, uh, or you know, de- uh, financial depression, uh, raising interest rates, and inflation, and all that kind of stuff. Yet the car market seems to just be marching along. 
Yeah, we, you know, we've, uh, we came back to auction after the pandemic. We had about a two-month layoff uh, because of the pandemic. We figured out how to come back to auction in July of 2020. And since July of 2020, almost every event that we have had has set an event record. I would say that the quality of cars is, has increased significantly. Uh, the price of cars has gone up and the number of cars we have at our auctions have gone up. And of course, you're probably aware that that all culminated with our Kissimmee a Florida auction last January, which was the world's largest uh, collector car auction in terms of sales uh, in history at $217 million. <laughs> wow. It seems like the modern-day supercars, when I say modern-day, you know, 2014 or 2009 or whatever, the, the modern-day stuff has really hit its stride. Yeah. It, it used to be car had to be around for – 25, 30 years to really appreciate, you know, you would spend a bunch of money on a supercar and three years later, it was worth half as much and you'd have to sit on it for a long time. Now it's just a couple of years. Well, particularly with the supercars and, and we've seen that at Monterey for the last uh, three or four years, of course, with the exception of the years uh, that we were unable to come to Monterey, we always have a pretty significant collection of later model supercars the the LaFerraris the the Enzos um you know the P1 McLarens uh, this year's no exception with the we have the Sabre uh there's an Elva that's coming uh, uh to this uh, Monterey auction it's just that uh those the limited production late model and I I don't know if it's a if if it's a component of electric is coming and everyone is trying to scoop up the last of the of the you know gas powered super supercars mm-hmm. or even in some cases the hybrids but we've seen the prices for those go up significantly and we've seen very spirited bidding uh, very seldom do you see one of those cars uh, that doesn't sell at a reserve auction typically they always make reserve and, and they they blow by the reserve on more occasions you know those are all those are all big money cars. What do you think is happening with this, this, I guess, increased popularity in 90s cars? We're seeing Grand National, Cyclones, uh, you know, uh, you know, uh, Supras. Supras and, 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 you know, a lot of these 90s cars are, are really starting to take off and, and pull good money. I mean, we're paying quarter million dollars for GNXs these days. Yeah. Well, there's, there's a demographic that's coming of age. Of, of car collectors that, you know, like myself, I'm mid 60s. So I'm particularly interested in my cars from the 60s and 70s and maybe even the early 80s a bit. But as, as those uh, people that are 20, 25, 30, 35, 40 years old start to come of age, they're, they're thinking about the cars that, that they remember in their youth. And those are becoming becoming popular as well. I would say that just started uh, probably in the last couple of years. Uh, saw that first with Fox Body Mustangs. It mm-hmm. became very popular, still are popular. And then, as you said, as we progressed into the late 80s, early 90s, uh, cars have started to come back to market. Yeah, one of, the, one of the cars I'd be interested in getting your opinion on, if you have one, that we uh, both like a lot is that uh, early, late 80s, early 90s Jag 220. Um, the XJ220. XJ220. Now, it's funny because at some point that car and the Bugatti with the four turbos, whatever, that also came out about the same time, you know, it was both these 
Tiffany old brands relaunching a early 90s supercar. I saw an estimate on one of those Bugattis. It was like three million bucks. Now I, I don't know if it, you know, had, had a Alcantara, you know, headliner or something, but it was an express car. The Jags four fifty to five, and and they've been four fifty to five, and they've been that way for yeah. a decade. And we always look at that car and we go, "That is a supercar," and all the I see everything going up around it essentially. But it just hasn't popped. Now, I still think that's a great car if you are you got half a million bucks and you're looking for something that no one else is going to be driving at the Cars and Coffee. But I can never figure out why cars go up around other cars and somehow that one still hasn't popped. Any thoughts, Dave? Well, there's you know, every every brand, every model kind of has its day, so to speak. So, uh, you know, there's there's a time when things become popular. And then they may wane a bit, and then you see them come back. And I would say that, that that Jaguar that you're talking about probably is a good buy right now because it's it's going to have its day of popularity when uh, the price of that will start going up as well. And all it really takes is is you know a couple of spirited bidders to bring one to market that brings considerably more than you know the five hundred thousand dollars you're talking about, and then you see others come to market, and suddenly that starts to to build on itself. So. Uh, you know, I, that's always a great opportunity to look at look for those kinds of cars that you think haven't hit their stride yet, because we know they're going to at some point in time. That's a given. Yeah, I, I have a couple of questions. <clears throat> excuse me about these uh, the Ferraris, the prototypes. First off, did they all come from one consigner? Because how do you end up with all these prototypes at once? Yeah, they were all owned by one person. Uh, they came out of Europe through London. Uh, I actually just talked with uh, with them this morning. Uh, a couple of the representatives from uh, the consigner are coming to Monterey to represent the cars. But what a unique opportunity for us to be able to bring those cars to auction. And what a unique opportunity through the three cars, particularly the three LaFerrari prototypes, to see how the build, how the design and build of the LaFerrari from inception to delivery actually took place. Because those three cars are actually represent the three iterations, if you will, of the design of what we all know as the LaFerrari that was that was introduced in 2013 and and uh, available for sale in 2014. What's a is a LaFerrari four million bucks right now, or what? What is a stock LaFerrari trading for? Yeah, that's that's pretty much in the range, and of course, like all of the. The high-end supercars, uh, Enzo's, LaFerraris, F40s, F50s. It all depends on how many miles it has on it. And the lower, of course, the lower the miles, the more expensive the car. The it, it's interesting. I'm always fascinated that the the car companies like Ferrari do not maintain those cars. Uh, not maintain, but possess them. Yeah, have you them know. in some museum under it, their it seems roof. It, it happens frequently. It certainly happened in the in the past historically. But I'm always interested that they will part with those cars. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I would think that eventually you probably you probably would think about that. I, I know you know if you go back to the you know 2009, 10, 11 when these cars came out, uh, they did their job, and as a car company, you probably thought well, they've done what I needed them to do. I don't have a use for them anymore, and if somebody wants to buy them, particularly one of my high end collectors 
uh, finds value, I'll sell them. But I would think that uh, if you did that a couple of times and you saw that they came back to market and, and generated significant sales prices that you might start hanging on to them and maybe bring them to market yourself. But well, yeah, you I see this happen. You know, well, I, I agree. Look, you know, back in the day, if you were Porsche or Ferrari or whomever and you know, 1971 or something and your car won Le Mans, you know, a year later it was for sale. Like we don't need this car anymore. We're done. We're moving on to the next mm-hmm. model. Now if that happens today. They put the clear wrap around it and they get all the bugs and the, tire droppings on there and they yeah. put it they roll it right to the museum <laughs> and i'm basically saying you guys have figured out that yeah, they're starting to figure this, it out this stuff out but the question yeah do you guys so there was a car and uh dave and matt can noodle on it together there was a prototype and maybe it was a ferrari prototype or maybe it was a porsche prototype that went across auction you know less than a year ago i think and it didn't fetch that much. And I, I was interested in it because I thought, oh, that's a significant car and it's a prototype and it's a significant prototype. Why no interest? And maybe, I don't know, it didn't have an engine or it was too too far off right. completion. Maybe not street legal or but, no VIN. And I something. can't remember what that car was. I'm trying to think. It was recent and it was a it was a. It was a big. Yeah, I think it was about a year ago. I think it. Uh, I think it was uh, one of RM's auctions, and if I'm correct, it no sailed. Yeah. No reserve, and it did not make the reserve. But that that car, if I recall correctly, was in a lot of pieces. Right. Where these yeah. four cars, these three, these three Ferrari prototypes and the TDF prototype are are completely built cars. They're not street worthy. Obviously, they're sold on a bill of sale. You can't title them and drive them. But it is a complete car as opposed to a collection of pieces for the car. And and you know, to your point, Adam, um, Dave, what do you think the numbers are? The the price is going to come in on a car like this. You're talking about prototypes of cars that are very expensive and collectible. Do you think the prototypes do a little better or a little under what the streetcar would do? I mean, on one hand, it's well, it's unique, and but it's an art piece. It's it's very difficult for a, for an auction company or anybody for that matter to put a put a price on these cars because there's there's no comparables. So you have to come up with what would be your best guess. As I said, they're sold on a bill of sale, so you can't title them and drive them. So that limits your audience somewhat. Uh, but they are, you know, for the Ferrari collector uh, specifically, they're very unique and they're a part of Ferrari history. So we would suspect that these cars are probably somewhere in the $1.5 million to $2.5 million uh, each range. Yeah, I. But again, it's an auction, and they're very unique products. So, yeah, you're right. You know, yeah, that's where the where the I, is. See, my take is is if there's, I don't know how many La Ferraris were built, three hundred. Yeah, I, don't I, 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 Chris can look it up somewhere. I really uh, don't know, but it was limited. But if there's enough, there's enough units that yeah. they they come up. Uh, if those things are trading for. Four million bucks. I, I feel like the, the the prototypes, you know, definitely one one offs and one of ones. I I feel like that is a good investment. I, yeah, I, by the way, I think there were four hundred and ninety nine La Ferraris that were manufactured, and I think there's some significance why that's four hundred and ninety nine and not five hundred. Hmm. But I don't know what that is. 
Yeah, well, it's not yeah, a homologation that sound, thing. That sounds familiar, though. That yeah. sounds like there's there was a reason behind it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so the prototypes are interesting because, as you said, you can't register it and technically drive it. If you have a big piece of property, I guess you could drive it around your property if it drives. But it it is a different type of purchase because it's it's an art piece purchase, right? Now, whether you love it for its mechanical bits or or just its design bits, but it's it's kind of a museum piece, whether that's a a, a real museum you know, my, or a personal my museum. My feeling is is most very high-end, <clears throat> collectible, whatever cars end up kind of becoming a museum piece anyway. Right. That's uh, what I'm saying. That's the type yeah. of customer it would go to. It would have to go to somebody that's got maybe a room of 30, 40, 50 cars. Yeah, you bring people by. You if you're, if you're collecting... If you're collecting cars, you're collecting history. Right. I mean, that's that's what you know, collector cars are all about. And these cars are, without question, a piece of Ferrari history and a piece of Ferrari history that, that no one else uh, will have access to. So for, like I said, for a significant Ferrari collection, this might be your, your crowning moment to the opportunity to acquire all four of these cars. Well, this is what makes this space really exciting because – you can, they can throw a Mercedes Goldwing up on bring a trailer or or Datsun 240Z, and it says, uh, you know, the the auction's up in eight days. But you can look at it and go, I I know what that's, I know where you we're going, I know where we're going to end here. <laughs> uh, the LaFerrari prototype, get people in the room, give them a couple of uh, comped cocktails, and let's see where this thing goes, man. I, I, I agree that I think there is. Definitely still something about the live auction. Go there, look at the cars, see them in person, feel that excitement in the room. I, I, I'm still a big fan. I mean, the online stuff is great. We shop on it all the time. Everybody looks at it all the time. But I still think I'm still a fan of the live auction. I think they're fun events. It's the, I, it's I the excitement of a live auction. It's, you know, they're fast, they're loud. But more importantly, it's a it's the camaraderie. It's the ability for a few thousand car people to get together and talk about cars and watch cars cross the block and look at, you know, in our case, maybe a thousand to four thousand great collector cars all in one building. It's it's almost like a, a family reunion for car enthusiasts, if you will. And then you get to, you know, you. It's a live auction, so anything can happen. And I don't know if you noticed, but uh, the auction that we just came off of a week and a half ago in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, we had a 1977 uh, Trans Am, very low mileage. I think it was uh, around 50 miles or so that crossed the block. And I think the expectation was it was going to bring in the mid 100s or so, and it sold for $440,000 because we had a number of bidders that were just there for that car. And that's that excitement is what happens in a live auction that you don't get with online. Well, Dave, uh, we wish you the best of luck. We'll be there. We'll come by. We'll we'll kick some tires. We will we'll be shuttling in between the the track and uh, many of the auction sites and many of the other events. So I hope hope to see and press the flesh. Meekum.com is where you go. Again, it's the big uh, Monterey going off. 
Um, you can just go online. You can look at the cars and look at, look at a lot of the estimates and uh, and get out, man. Bring the kids. It's an Listen, event. It's 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 a lot of fun for sure. And every, everybody has two things in common, and that's they love to drink and spend money. <laughs> you got to love that. <laughs> Dave Majors, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, best of luck. Thank you. Up in Monterey. Thanks, guys. I'll see you in Monterey. Yeah. Yes, thank you. All right. Uh, what do we got yeah, here? Yeah, they've got a good. Excuse me, they got a good lineup of cars. They've they went from you know a lot. Of, look, they kind of did the same thing. Bring a trailer did, and sort of the same amount of time. They they you know, I've said to you one million yeah. times six years ago, why can't you put a gold wing on on Bring a trailer? Yeah. Why can't you put a Ferrari F fifty? Everyone knows what those cars go for. I think it up. started with the name Bring a Trailer. I, yes. think, I think it kind of started because everyone thought Bring a Trailer was kind of jalopies. Yes. And now you bring a trailer because you don't want to drive the going home. Like yes. Now it's still Bring a Trailer, but everything in the middle. And, and the 90s cars, you got to bring the trailer because I don't know why they're all low miles. They're all like really low miles. Well, I sent you that Supra that went for like 230 and that thing yeah. like 50-something thousand miles on it. Yeah. Maybe that was a Z. Oh, maybe it was a Z maybe car. I can't Z. recall. But the point is, is, yeah, we were talking about, you know, the Japanese cars really starting to move. and, and Especially 90s stuff. All right. Uh, let's see. I don't have any plugs up there, Chris, but I I know that you can go to adamcarolla.com and find out uh, where I'm going to be. Salt Lake City, Utah is coming up end of the month. Hey, look, when you come out, to Laguna Seca or wherever wherever we are in Monterey, uh, you know, come find us, come say hi. Yeah, we'll be uh, hanging out by the hanging out by the car, uh, or in the car, or walking around somewhere else. But come find us if you got a copy of the new book. Bring it by and uh, oh, maybe, yeah. uh, maybe sign it. I'll sign it. <laughs> I will sign it. I will bring a I will bring a sharpie yep. instead of bringing a trailer. I'll bring a trailer and, <laughs> and a, a sharpie. sharpie. How about that? <laughs> So, yeah, we'll be driving the red 935, and we'll be somewhere, and you just walk around. Yeah. Come find us. It'll be a great time. All right. What do you got, Matt? Uh, as you said, I'll be posting some photos from up, from up there. So if you don't already, give me a follow at Motorator on social media, and uh, we'll take you with us. Share all this. So until next time, Adam Carolla for Dave Majors and Matt the Motorator, DeAndrea saying, keep the air in the spare and the bag in the wheel. For the latest updates and call-in times, follow the show on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at CarCast Show. If you'd like to write in, fill out the form on CarCastShow.com. And don't forget to give us a nice rating on iTunes. CarCast is a Corolla Digital production and is produced by Chris Loxamana. For more information, visit CarCastShow.com. Do you own? Do you rent your home? Sure you do. And it can be hard work. You know it's easy? Bundling your policies with GEICO. GEICO makes it easy to bundle your homeowners or renters insurance along with your auto policy. It's a good thing, too, because you have so much to do already around your home. Why not make it easy? Go to GEICO.com, get a quote, and see just how much you could save. It's GEICO easy. Visit GEICO.com today. That's GEICO.com. 
All this month, stream the funniest films for free on Pluto TV. Watch comedy classics like Anchorman, The Legend of Ron Burgundy, and Mean Girls. Or drop in for a Tyler Perry marathon with a Medea family funeral and Medea's witness protection. Pluto TV also has hundreds of channels and thousands of movies and TV shows like Get Shorty, Be Cool, Key and Peel, Comedy and Color, and more. And no contracts, no subscriptions, no fees, no joke. So download the Pluto TV app on your favorite streaming device and start laughing today. Pluto TV, drop in, watch free.